In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our story today, we bring to our conclusion this story, this long drama that began with Jesus healing this man, and now Jesus has to find this man after he's been cast out and, and uh, console him and give him some promises where he can go, by which he can go forward. And remember how this story started. Remember back a couple weeks ago how this story started. This is one of those, I'm not on the socials very much anymore, but I still see these things floating around every once in a while, the how it started and how it's going memes, okay? This is one of those stories, how it started, how it went, and how it ends. But remember how this started. This started with Jesus and his disciples coming into a city and, behold, and they look at and they see and they behold this man who was born blind and his disciples ask Jesus, why has this happened to this man? Why was this man born blind? Did this man sin while he was still inside of his mother that caused him to be born blind? Or did his parents sin in some way that caused him to be born blind? Many... It's common. It's common as we face grief. It's common as we face disappointments and things not going the way we had hoped. It's common for us to ask why. Those who see their best laid plans and dreams fall apart, they ask why. What was I supposed to do that I didn't do? Those who find themselves... Seeming in a, seemingly in a time of darkness or on a dark path, ask themselves, where did I go wrong? Where did I take a wrong turn? What shouldn't I have done that I did do? Those who face, who have to watch their children and those that they love undergo suffering and pain, ask. They ask why. They ask, what did I do that caused to bring this into my child's life. The man in this story, he, is, he has, by this time in the story, he has experienced a very profound loss. Yes, he has been healed of his sight, but he has been cast out of his synagogue. He has been cast out of his faith community. As far as the Jews in his time are concerned, he is now a non-person. He has been ostracized from his own family. And this didn't happen because he was healed. This happened because he wouldn't deny Christ. He wouldn't lie in order to stay, to keep on people's good side. And what's even more heartbreaking then too, is the fact that even though he has been healed and even though he's telling the truth about how he got healed, Even his own family, his father and his mother, wouldn't stand up for him, wouldn't stand by him. Sadness, what we call sadness and grief, is the resistance of our mind and heart to something that has happened. Something that we have, it's not something in the past, it's not something that could happen, it's something that has already happened and yet Our mind and our heart, our soul and our being is resisting it. 
and does not want to accept it. Sadness is, and it's a whole series, it's not just one feeling, it's a whole series of things that happen within us. First, oftentimes there is kind of an initial paralysis, like we can't move or we can't think when we hear the bad news or when it comes to us. And then we kind of cast around trying to avoid or deny that what has happened has actually happened or avoid this inevitable thing. And then once we realize we can't avoid it, then there is sometimes a frustrated outpouring of emotion that looks a lot like anger. And then, once that, and then once we've gone through that, then we are maybe looking around for a last-ditch effort as a way to get out of what has happened, like one last-ditch bargain with God or with the universe or whatever to make this not have happened. And finally, we usually call it acceptance, but it's not really, that's kind of a shallow term for what actually happens at the end. The end of grief is not usually, ex- not just like accepting it. And it's usually not like, it's really kind of inaccurate to say that we make peace with it. It's actually what happens is that we find a way to put one foot in front of another, another day. We find a way forward. It doesn't mean that we feel good about everything. It doesn't mean that we come to peace about everything. It doesn't mean that we accept it and it's just all in the past and we don't, it doesn't affect us anymore. But we find a way to go forward. The way out of grief is not somehow feeling better. The way out of grief is finding a way to move forward. And we should ask the question, It's a good question to ask for us as human beings. Ask yourself this question. Think about the life of this man and ask yourself the question. Because this man, this man, he started out the story. He was blind. He was on the side of the road. He had never known what it means to see. He had been born blind and he had been and he had people in his community that would at least give him the bare minimum for what he needed and kind of take care of him day to day. He wasn't going many dramatic places in life, but he had people to take care of him. He had people who had some kind of compassion on him. That's how he started the story. And then through the miracle of Jesus, he he is given his sight so that for the first time in his life, he can actually see. And then as a result of that, and as a result of not being willing to compromise the truth of what happened, he is actually thrown out. And at the end of the story, he has no faith community and his family has basically disowned him. So the question is, is he better off at the end of the story than he was at the beginning? At the beginning, he was blind. At the end, he can see, but he has no family, no synagogue, and is a non-person in the eyes of his neighbors. Is he better off. What has he gained and is it enough? In this story, like I said, the way out of, it's not a way out, but it's finding a way to go forward. In this story, Jesus presents himself as the way forward. Jesus comes and finds this man. Jesus hears that this man has been thrown out. He comes and he finds him and he asks him 
you know, you notice he doesn't ask him like, how are you doing? Or like, do you have a place to stay? He asks him, the priority for Jesus is the question, do you believe in the Son of Man? Do you believe that I, have, that I who have healed you, that I have come into the world to do more than just heal you, but that I am coming into the world to be your Savior, to carry your sin, and to give you forgiveness, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body, and the life of the world to come? Do you believe that in me, the Son of Man, are all those things? And do you believe that you have actually received that and that has actually been given to you? And the man says, well, who is this son of man, sir? Because he's still a little bit confused about who Jesus is. He knows he's somebody important, but who is this son of man, sir, that I may believe in him, that I may entrust myself to him and hand over my life to him? And Jesus says, you have seen him. And it is he who is speaking to you. I am he. And then he says, Lord, I believe. Jesus finds this man in the midst of having suffered a profound loss. Working his way, of course, through all of the emotions and the feelings that come with that. And Jesus comes and finds him and presents himself as the savior of the world and as for this man the way forward, the path on which he can take another step today and tomorrow. And remember how this story started. The disciples, when they saw the blind man, they asked Jesus, they said, whose fault is this? And Jesus said, it is not anybody's fault that is any of your business at any rate. But he said, this man is blind so that the glory of God might be revealed in this man and in his life. And that is what happened. The glory of God was revealed in this man's life. First, when his, he recovered his sight. And then when he gained his courage to stand up for the truth. And then when, after having lost everything, he still claims Jesus. This is the glory of God. The glory of God happens in this man's life because this man owns Jesus for who he is and claims him and believes in him and entrusts himself to him. This is what Paul is talking about when he says in verse 6 of our reading for today, Paul, or second reading, Paul says, God who said, let light shine out of darkness. That's in the beginning. God said, let there be light. That was the first and that was the first of his works. God created by his word light. It says, God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And that's what happens to this man. And this is what has happened and has been given to us. Your faith in Jesus. This man's faith in Jesus. This seeing the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. This claiming Jesus as our Savior. This is as great a work of God. Probably a greater work of God than what God, than when God created light at the beginning of everything. That's what Paul is saying here. 
He says, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And now he's going to double down on that and do an even greater thing. And that is he shines the light of his word into your heart so that you receive and you believe and you claim Jesus as your own. And that is a greater work of God than his work of creation. And he's done it in you. And still, even though this man has lost everything, still the glory of God has been revealed in his life. Faith and faithfulness to Jesus, it doesn't, it doesn't solve, it doesn't, make, it doesn't make the sadness go away necessarily. This man is still going to have sadness in his life for having, for what has happened to him. Jesus and faith are not there just to make us kind of feel better. Jesus does not answer all of the questions about why. doesn't give you answers. In place of answers and in place of feeling better, he gives you sure and certain promises. He tells, he doesn't tell you how it's going. He doesn't fix how it's going, but he tells you how it is going to end. And he says, I am that way by which this will come to its blessed end. What you have gained and what you stand to gain from me is more than you have lost. And even what you have lost, even what you have lost still counts. Because this man, he put in all of this relationship with his family, right? I mean, he loved his parents. He tried to do his best, for, do his best by them. And yet, in the end, his parents turned him away. And in that situation, you might think, well, to human wisdom, that might seem like a, wasted, a bunch of wasted time. Like he wasted all that effort being good to his parents, where his parents just turned him away at the end. But God says no. No, God has seen your sacrifice. God has seen your tears. God has seen your prayers and heard them and they actually matter to him. And they matter to him in a way that is beyond human understanding. He sees your suffering, your faithful suffering. He sees it and we don't gain heaven by doing good works, but our good works do count for him. And he does remember them. And he remembers them even when nobody else saw them. So remember how it started. This man was blind. And see how it's going. He has lost everything, but he has actually gained everything. And see how it will end for all of us. I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. In Jesus' name, amen.